All right, stop, collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flowing like an awful. Daily and nightly, will it ever stop, y'all? I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll go to the extreme. I rock a mic like a band, light up the stage and wax a chalk like a candle dance. Caress a speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom, deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best. Welcome back to another episode of the Cognitive Dissidents Podcast. It's been a long time since we recorded. I'm your host, Bill Real. Today I want to talk about confirmation bias, but I want to leave religion for a moment, as we usually do use religion as a way to show these concepts, these mechanisms, and I want to go into politics. And right now it is November 14th, 2020, and the election between Trump and Biden Uh, has, for the most part, wrapped up with the exception that Donald Trump and his legal team are still fighting uh, to to overturn the election results before they get certified in just a few days. There are people on both sides. And this election got so many people to come out. Donald Trump got more votes, I think, than anyone has ever gotten in an election in this election, with the exception of Joe Biden got even more. And and I don't and I don't want to get into politics. I when we run podcast episodes under the uh, under the 501c3 charity. One of the rules we play by is that we don't advocate for one candidate or another. And so I I don't want to touch that at all. And I want to be really careful there. But what I do want to note is that I think Donald Trump I don't think people were excited about Joe Biden. I don't think Joe Biden's the kind of candidate who uh, drums up lots of enthusiasm. And so one asks, why would so many people come out? And, uh, and I think the answer is that Trump is so polarizing. Donald Trump did a hell of a job of getting his base excited, getting every single person who could be motivated to go out and vote to go out and vote. But what he also did through his rhetoric over the last four years was he also antagonized the other side. And so there were people against Donald who were just as passionate, just as enthused to go vote against him because of what they perceived he stood for and because of the kinds of things he said. There are these two sides and they are extremes. And and what I mean by that is we just had an election. And for the first time in my memory, I I barely remember Ronald Reagan. I certainly remember Bush the older and Clinton and Bush the younger. Um, I certainly remember Barack Obama. And uh, and here we are, and we are in this election cycle that's just wrapped up. And for the first time in my life, even with the Bush Gore election, which which had to do the recount in Florida and there were the hanging chads, for the first time in my life. I felt uh, unstable watching this election take place as if for the first time there wasn't going to be this democratic uh, professional transition from one leader to another. That instead both sides were arguing that they had won and using every tactic possible to uh, impose on their uh, constituents, on their supporters 
that um, they had won. And, and specifically on the Trump side, there are so many things going on. And it's not just Donald Trump. And we'll get to some of the things that his legal team is putting forward. But it's way bigger than that. The things that we're seeing is all of these uh, shared posts on Twitter and other places of social media. Let me give a few examples. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. just uh, shared, um, maybe a week ago, shared, it says, independent researcher analysis found thousands of ballots to have been impossibly dated, corroborating the Project Veritas account of ballots being backdated. Over 51,000 ballots were marked as returned just a day after they were sent out. Uh, And he shares the link for where you can go find that. And I've seen that piece shared in multiple places. There's another one. In Georgia, ballots where the voter only voted for President Trump, 818. So in Georgia, there were 818 ballots where the person only voted for Donald Trump. There were 95,801 ballots where the voter only voted for Biden. Ballots where the voter voted for President and at least one other race? Trump, 2,456,915, just edging out Joe Biden at 2,376,081. And that was shared by Sarah Huckleby uh, on Twitter. In Allegheny County, the projected amount of voters over 90 is approximately 3,500. The actual voters over 90 this election, 11,654. What is going on here? That was Philly GOP on Twitter. Elizabeth Harrington, I think this might have been on Facebook, Detroit poll watcher at 4.30 a.m. on November 4th, said tens of thousands of ballots were delivered from out of state. Unlike the other ballots, these boxes were brought in from the rear of the room. I specifically noticed every ballot I observed was cast for Joe Biden. Uh, That was something she shared from a Detroit poll watcher at 4.30 a.m. Now, everybody on the right is claiming that this election was fixed. And there are a hundred more of the things I just read, kinds of things like that. And you can just see this country is so polarized right now. One way or the other, they either are saying like, look, the election was perfectly normal and Biden won, or this election has been rigged and uh, Trump won if we count the legal votes and if we count all votes, including fraud votes, then by cheating, Joe Biden has won. And you can see confirmation bias happening, and to be honest, on both sides, But I want to point to specifically the side that is claiming the election is fixed. And here's what I mean. To to get rid of your confirmation, and by the way, confirmation bias is that you hold a belief, that belief is important to you. You seek to affirm that belief because that belief is important. You don't want to let that belief go. So you seek out subtly inside your head, to some degree unintentionally, to some degree not really comprehending the wrestle that is going on in your mind. You seek out the information that affirms the belief that you hold and want to continue to hold. And and you have uh, ways within your brain to dismiss and to distance yourself from any evidence that points to you being wrong or that your belief is inaccurate or wrong or needs adjustment. And so there are the folks here on the right who are gravitating to all of these Twitter messages, all these Twitter posts, all these examples of fraud. There was the post office worker who 
said that his team was backdating uh, the ballots. Uh, there were these posts that I just read. There were posts that talked about dead people voting. There were posts that talked about how uh, any single person over the age of 90 that, you know, even though only 10% of them normally vote, that uh, in this election, 90% of them voted. And and so people are going like, look, look at all this evidence. This election was fixed. And if you buy just that evidence, then, then sure. But... Proof and evidence are two different things, and how you weigh evidence is also crucial. If you are on the side right now listening, if you're on the side of the election being fixed, right now there are emotions inside your body. There are uh, thoughts rising up within you that are suggesting you start to get angry, or that you turn this podcast off, and that you go back to reassuring yourself through confirmation bias. I'm going to ask you to stick with me, and let's just talk about how confirmation bias shows up and how you can, at least in this example, begin to get rid of it. So the other thing that the right does is it sees all mainstream media as fake news, except for maybe Fox News. And then even this year, you can see that it has turned itself away from Fox because their president, Donald Trump, was turning away from Fox. And Fox seemed to be uh, on some level trying to hold the president accountable for things they perceived as uh, misbehaviors. And so as they're calling him out and as he's uh, mocking them or criticizing them, you can see the people on the right beginning to lose trust of Fox News. And so mainstream media is untrustable. Okay, so But mainstream media is saying, look, the election wasn't fixed. You have various articles that are being written by the New York Times and other newspapers um, other fact checkers like Snopes that are examining this election and saying there's no serious widespread collaborative fraud going on. But, but those folks on the right have been so taught to distrust the media, the mainstream media, and have been taught to distrust fact checkers. So PolitiFact or Snopes, people on the right are like, those can't be trusted either. So when you build within you that you only trust your authorities and you give no space for the authorities outside of your tribe to be trusted, you are setting up this really unhealthy space where even if you're wrong, there's no way to correct you. There's no way to change your mind because anybody who's going to correct you, you have labeled as bad information and you only trust the authorities within your tribe. And you, so you don't have space to know if they've got it wrong. Luckily, in this situation, we have a little bit of additional information. You see, if the election is fixed, we would have to go look at how Trump and his legal team is battling this issue and what kinds of responses uh, is he getting. And if we're rational, we can't say like, look, it's everybody. Everybody's against us, right? There's us and there's them. So if, if the judges are all the judges against us, are all the politicians in, or, and again, I'm, I'm obviously being polemic to some extent. If the majority of politicians, even many on my own side, are saying like, no, the election was, was not fraudulent. It wasn't on this mass scale col uh, collaborative effort of fraud. If, if my own guys are saying that, if the judges who are hearing these cases are saying that, if Trump's legal team is saying like, we 
don't really have a case here. If the legal teams keep quitting, which is what's happening, if, um, and then I want to get to the, for me, the nail in the coffin, but I want to start here. The New York Times published an article on November 10th. Today's the 14th, so four days ago, five days ago. The New York Times called officials in every state, and here's what they got. So in Ohio, Frank LaRose, a Republican who serves as Ohio's Secretary of State, there's a great human capacity for inventing things that aren't true about elections. The conspiracy theories and rumors and all those things run rampant. For some reason, elections breed that type of mythology. I thought that was a beautiful quote, by the way. Steve Simon, a Democrat who is Minnesota's Secretary of State, quote, I don't know of a single case where someone argued that a vote counted when it shouldn't have or didn't count when it should have. There was no fraud, unquote. Scott Schwab, a Republican Secretary of State in Kansas, said, quote, Kansas did not experience any widespread systemic issues with voter fraud, intimidation, irregularities, or voting problems. We are very pleased with how the election has gone up to this point. Uh, Republican Lieutenant Governor in Texas, Dan Patrick, announced a $1 million fund to reward reports of voter fraud. If we could find substantial voter fraud, if we could find substantive voter fraud, there was a $1 million reward offered by a Republican Lieutenant Governor in Texas, Dan Patrick. Josh Shapiro, a Democrat who is Pennsylvania's Attorney General, said, quote, Many of the claims against the Commonwealth have already been dismissed, and repeating these false attacks is reckless. No active lawsuit even alleges and no evidence presented so far has shown widespread problems. Washington Secretary of State Kim Wyman has uh, asked for people and specifically a certain person to produce evidence. The quote from Kim Wyman, quote, it's just throwing grass at the fence at this point. See what sticks. Nellie Gorbia, Democratic Secretary of State in Rhode Island, said the amount of attention on the election would make illegal voting extremely difficult. Quote, it would be nearly impossible to do voter fraud in this election because of the number of people turned in, unquote. Jake Rollo, who's a spokesman for Jocelyn Benson, the Democratic secretary in the state of Michigan, said, quote, we have not seen any evidence of fraud or foul play in the actual administration of the election. What we have seen is that it was smooth, transparent, secure, and accurate. And this article goes on and on. There's five or six more quotes that we could read. But it's sufficient to say that the politicians and the folks who are in charge of overseeing these elections, both Republican and Democrat, say these elections ran smoothly. They were transparent. There's no signs of fraud. There's been rewards offered. Nothing's been turned in that's that's substantial. Um, or that has any kind of uh, real evidence behind it. And so the people on the right are going, it doesn't matter. These guys are in on it. These guys are lying. These guys helped fix it. These guys are ignorant. Whatever the excuses you make when you're on the right in this particular instance. Again, the left has its own problems and it has its own confirmation bias about its own things and even things within the election. But what we ought to then go to, what I think is the nail in the coffin for confirmation bias is... If Donald Trump and his legal team are looking at the same Twitter post, the same instances of fraud that the people on the right are gravitating towards, the ones that I read in the beginning, 
If those instances have even a grain of truth to them, you would think those would be the cases that Donald Trump's legal team would be putting forth to the judges in these lawsuits and these cases that are being presented. If Donald Trump and his legal team are not using these instances, and these are the true instances and the strongest cases of of voter fraud, then either his lawyers and he are ignorant and not very good at what they do, or the more rational conclusion is that these instances on Twitter that everybody is sharing simply aren't evidence-based. They're bullcrap. And so the uh, Time Magazine did an article on November 13th, just yesterday. Quote, this is the title of the article. Here are all the lawsuits the Trump campaign has filed since Election Day and why most are unlikely to go anywhere. So in Pennsylvania, here are some of the cases. One, to compel Philadelphia election officials to stop counting ballots. Federal judge dismissed the request. Second one in Philadelphia to compel state election officials to allow Trump campaign officials closer observation of the counting process. A state judge ruled in the campaign's favor, allowing campaign officials to observe the Philadelphia process from a six-foot distance. Philadelphia election officials appealed the decision to the state Supreme Court on November 9th. The court agreed to hear the case. Levitt says this ruling will likely affect the pace of the count rather than the outcome. Imagine a gymnasium with observers lining the walls to let observers get closer. They've got to move the count closer to the walls and not be counting in the center. Since people can no longer count in the center of the gym, the count is going to move more slowly. Number three, to compel Pennsylvania Secretary of State Kathy Bookwavar and I'm probably saying that wrong. I'm really sorry, Kathy. And all 67 counties to impose an earlier date for votes to show proof of identification if it was not on their initial ballots. On November 12th, the presiding judge ruled in favor of the campaign, writing that ballots cast by voters had not provided supplemental identification by November 9th could not be counted. Previously, that judge had ordered all counties to segregate those ballots while weighing whether to count them. The Secretary of State's office did not respond to query about the number of ballots pertinent to this order, but Shapiro said on Twitter the ruling impacted, quote, very few ballots. In other words, here's an issue they bring up. It may have some merit to it, but the actual effect in the long run is nothing. Number four, to compel Montgomery County Board of Elections to stop counting mail-in ballots. On November 13th, a judge denied the request from the campaign. Number five, to intervene in an already existing dispute before the U.S. Supreme Court about whether ballots the state received after 8 p.m. on Election Day should count. The litigation is ongoing. Legal experts are skeptical that the Supreme Court will take the case, while others say that even if the justice do, their ruling is unlikely to change the outcome of the presidential election. Pennsylvania election officials have said there are fewer than 10,000 ballots in this category, and Trump currently trails Biden by over 45,000 votes. Another filing they did to stop uh, Bukvar and seven individual counties from certifying the election results. This litigation is ongoing, but this idea is, as The Atlantic wrote, ludicrous. Number seven, to stop Bucks County from counting mail-in ballots. 
but the lawsuit was dismissed. In Nevada, number one, to impose an injunction on the automated signature verification machines used in Clark County as ballots continue to be counted. A federal judge rejected the request on November 6th, ruling that federal judges should not be involved in state election administration, and there is no evidence Clark County is doing anything unlawful. Number two, to compel state election officials to allow public closer observation at a Clark County ballot counting facility. District judge rejected the lawsuit, ruling they lacked standing to bring claims that had no evidence to back up their arguments. In Michigan, to halt the counting of absentee ballots on the grounds that campaign officials had not given access to observe the process as required by state law. Michigan Court of Claims Judge Synthony Stevens denied the campaign's request on November 6th. Number two, to halt the certification of election results in Detroit, Michigan's largest city and Democratic stronghold. Judge Timothy Kenney denied the motion for injunctive relief on November 6th, saying there was no evidence that oversight procedures had not been followed. Number three, to halt the certification of election results because of voter fraud. And this one we're still waiting on. In Georgia, to disqualify about 53 ballots, a poll watcher in Chatham County reported seeing a stack of late ballots that may have arrived after the 7 p.m. election deadline get mixed in with ballots that had arrived on time. A Superior Court judge in Chatham County rejected the suit on November 5th after hearing testimony from county officials that the ballots had, in fact, arrived on time. There is no evidence that the ballots referred to in the petition were received after 7 p.m. And and you have to understand, too, again, nobody knows who these ballots were for or against and whether... Like somebody had some motive to just include Biden ballot ballots. The reality is this is nitpicking. And I hope you see that. In Arizona, the Republican National Committee filed a lawsuit in state court alleging voter ballots had been rejected because they contained bleeds, splotches, or stray marks. These allegations appear similar to claims circulating on social media that ballots would not be counted if voters filled them in using a Sharpie marker. Election officials have said these claims are false. Uh, And there's a bunch out there. There was a lot of stuff about these Sharpies being used. People were being forced to use Sharpies to vote with the idea that uh, the person giving them the Sharpie knew that this would cause their ballot to fail and hence uh, were trying to essentially eliminate certain votes from counting. The reality is that the machines actually read Sharpie pens much better uh, and a little bit of bleeding outside of the circle isn't, isn't a major issue. Um, and these things have already been addressed by Snopes and other fact checkers. A similar group of voters filed a similar claim on November 4th, and they dropped the lawsuit on November 7th. On November 13th, the campaign's attorney, Trump's campaign's attorney, filed a notice of mootness, acknowledging the lawsuit was unlikely to change the outcome. Those are the lawsuits. So let's just be rational, logical human beings for a moment. Again, If you're going to claim that this is a connected conspiracy, that this election was fixed, that Joe Biden and his campaign somehow all across the country orchestrated all of these kinds of mechanisms in order to get people to uh, act unethically, to create uh, ballots that were votes for Biden, to somehow deliver them, drop them off, to... Uh, influence the people working in the polling stations to count certain kinds of ballots and to dismiss certain kinds of others and to allow all of these fake ballots in 
When you start to understand that mass scale of conspiracy, when you believe these Twitter posts about all these dead people voting, or how many ballots came in that were just votes for Biden versus how many came in that were just votes for Trump, or when we see voter turnout at 103%, when you read these posts and you believe them, you have to ask yourself, the next step is to go, if I'm going to be a rational, logical human being, I'm not just going to practice confirmation bias. Then I've got to ask myself, why does Donald Trump and his campaign legal team not take these most clear cut, these most egregious data points and, and build his cases around these? And the reality is the most rational, logical answer is because those instances that all of you folks are believing are bullshit. And to back up the concept that they're bullshit, you can go to fact checkers like PolitiFact and like Snopes. You can look at the fact that all of these judges, regardless of what side of the aisle these judges are on, they're dismissing these cases for the most part. And the ones that are being uh, found to have substance to them are impacting essentially nothing. Let's allow the observers to get a little closer. Fine. But it's not impacting the outcome at all. So when you recognize that the judges are all against Trump, Trump's lawyers aren't even presenting the right cases, uh, these videos have already been fact-checked and these uh, data points uh, have already been fact-checked and many of them have been shown to not be true. For instance, I watched a video about a week ago with a lady sitting at a table and she's picking up ballots and she is coloring in the circles. And then she puts the ballots in another pile. And there's one other guy at the table and uh, he's watching this happen while he looks at his own ballots. And there's a security guard that walks by at one point. And everybody on the, on the right who believes this conspiracy theory is going, look, look, here's the proof. She's writing in ballots. She's creating them. But see, that's what confirmation bias does. It takes the things you see, read, and hear, and it fits them into your paradigm to be evidence for what you want to believe. When you fact check this video, and there were several of these kinds of videos that were out there, when you fact check the video, you see what happened. It's called uh, voter transposing. When they throw these ballots into the machine, some of the ballots don't get read and they get spit back out and they're noted as the machine not being able to read them. Those ballots are put into a pile. Those ballots are then given to people helping at the polling station. One person at the table reads the ballot that cannot be read by the voting machine. The person across from them then fills in the appropriate votes that that voter wanted to have their vote recorded for. And then they resubmit that ballot to the machine. Now, if you're on the right believing these conspiracy theories, you go, look, look, there could be fraud there. You're right. There could be fraud there. That lady could be filling in circles that are not the names that the guy across from her is reading. But there's no evidence of that. You're sitting in a room with a hundred other workers and you're going to commit a felony. By the way, voter fraud is a felony. You're going to prison. It's not worth it. Generally speaking, people who are working in these voting stations, these polling stations, these uh, places where they're tracking and counting the votes on election night, these people care about their civic duty and they don't want to go to prison. So could there be fraud? Yes. But what if is irrational? 
Rational thinking goes, what is the most logical conclusion? The most logical conclusion watching that is she's filling in the names she's being told to fill in by the guy who's reading the ballot that it can't be read. And it sure as hell isn't this mass conspiracy that it was originally put out to be of, oh my gosh, look at her. No one's looking and she's just making up ballots. That's insane. So for all of you who go like, this election was fixed. This was completely fraud. The reality is, if you look at the legal proceedings that the Trump campaign legal team is putting forward, if you look at the responses of the judges, if you look at the responses of the secretaries of state and other politicians, both on the right and the left, who are saying there was no voter fraud, if you look at these videos and start fact-checking them about Sharpies or better understand what voter transposing is, suddenly all of the evidence that you hold up going, this thing was fixed, Biden fixed the election, it's a wide mass scale conspiracy, it all falls apart. And at the end of the day, you're going to have to look in the mirror and challenge your own confirmation bias. How would you know that you've been played? How would you know that things are not happening the way you think they are based on the information that is in your face every day because of the authorities that you listen to and because of the Twitter posts that get shared with you and because of the things that show up on your social media. It should be stated here, I would suggest that everybody go watch the Netflix uh, documentary, The Social Dilemma. The idea in The Social Dilemma is that all social media is programmed with algorithms in order to keep you looking at that screen as long as possible. How many times have you gotten up in the morning, laying in your bed, and you grab your phone, and you start flipping through Facebook, or Instagram, or Twitter, and you start scrolling, and you're like, I gotta get up in a couple of minutes. And then 25 minutes later, you're still sitting there scrolling through your phone. This is intentional. These algorithms are programmed to give you the post, the opinions, the data, that inspires you to keep reading. It doesn't matter whether the data is true. It doesn't matter whether the position being shared with you has been fact-checked or not. It's only that your beliefs are supported to the degree that you feel an enthusiasm to keep reading. They've got confirmation bias figured out, and you don't even know you have it. This has been the Cognitive Dissidents Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Until next time. Bye-bye. And to be perfectly frank, there have been times when members or leaders in the church have simply made mistakes. There may have been things said or done that were not in harmony with our values, principles, or doctrine. Brothers and sisters, stay in the boat. Use your life jackets. Hold on with both hands. Avoid distractions. Give Brother Joseph a break. Some have asserted that more members are leaving the church today and that there is more doubt and unbelief than in the past. This is simply not true. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has never been stronger. How can homosexual members of the church 
live and remain steadfast in the gospel. First, I want to change the question. There are no homosexual members of the church. Why would anyone leave? Sometimes we assume it is because they have been offended or lazy or sinful. Actually, it is not that simple. In fact, there is not just one reason that applies to the variety of situations. Some of our dear members struggle for years with the question whether they should separate themselves from the church. Our whole strength rests on the validity of that vision. It either occurred or it did not occur. If it did not, then this work is a fraud. Right, stop, collaborate, and listen. Ice is back, my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flowing like a harpoon, daily and nightly.